everybody. Turn this up in my headphones, Charles. Going up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another very exciting, spoiler-free episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. I am one of your hosts today. My name is Charles, and with me, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend today, Charles. Oh, man, I'm so pumped. It feels good to be back here in front of the microphone talking with you, Dylan. It's going to be a good time. Always a good time when you're hanging out with friends talking fantasy. That's right. What what could be better than a couple friends just talking about fantasy? Not much. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than this. Certainly not. And the topic of our discussion uh, is uh, the simple question, should you read The Lord of the Rings? Now... <laughs> That might seem like a, an obvious question. Like you would think, yes, like it's a fantasy podcast, fantasy book. You should obviously read it. But um, I don't know. We 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 talked about it a little bit on our Lord of the Rings buddy read, which we would have just wrapped up at this point, and um, we talked about a little bit of, you know, how much do we actually enjoy this book versus how much do we respect this book and I think that's what we're here today for the more casual reader just kind of identifying things it's like hey you may want to pick this up or you may want to you know pick up something else first and and that's why we're here today to kind of get into that I like that distinction there Charles the (laughs) enjoyment versus respect (laughs) distinction I think that all in all you are very high on both of those notches when it comes <laughs> yes. to the Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> you enjoy them a lot and, of course, respect their role in basically catalyzing the genre that we look at Sure, today. their place in history. You know, it's a, they're these humongous pieces of um, cultural influence that we see the effects of today people are still adamant fans and you have movies uh, you have tv shows in the works and people are still discussing the the in-depth lore that is middle earth that tolkien has created that they are and for that i'm very high on that respect <laughs> knob there and i do i did enjoy now that i've read through the books. I did enjoy the process of it, but I, I don't think I'm quite as high up on on that one as you are. <laughs> so, so let's get into it. D- Dylan just read the series for the first time recently, and so I guess I'd pose this question to you first, Dylan, as someone fresh off of um, going from never picking it up to finally picked it up. Would you recommend the series, and who would you recommend it to if you would? Well, I've had some time to sit on this now, Charles, since right. we finished our buddy reads on it. And if we are going to just try to answer the question of should you read, which, which this, despite the title, has never really been about coming down to a yes or no. Right. I'd say, yeah, I, I recommend it. But, you know, I just recently got, just yesterday got asked from someone in my program for recommendations of what fantasy they should read and 
I I didn't mention Lord of the Rings in the four <laughs> books that I threw out there as just kind of without any guidance what do you recommend I start with? <laughs> and <laughs> that's because I, I just, I don't think it's a great intro into where fantasy is at now. And I think people kind of have an idea of Lord of the Rings and its story. And I think there's there's so much out there that they have no idea is even going on in this genre. So I think if you're relatively new to the genre, especially if you've watch the movies unless you're a huge fan of movies and you're like i just need more of this Mm -hmm. then i I don't recommend going right to the lord of the rings books i think that's fair you know like we've been talking about fantasy for many years and i was very like even though i am a huge lord of the rings fan and you were a huge fantasy fan i was conscious of never pushing lord of the rings on you pretty much for that reason like the reasons that I knew you liked fantasy were not the reasons that makes Lord of the Rings a good book. So I was always like, look, they're excellent books and you should read them, but I'm not being like, you have to stop and and read these right now. And I think after you, you know, for years now you've read tons of books, you know, we both read tons of books in modern fantasy and now we're on the, we're doing the show and it's like, you know, this would be a great book to now pick up now that we've, had so many discussions we've read so many books we can go back and kind of appreciate everything that lord of the rings um has done for the fantasy genre and it's almost like a educational thing of like okay so this is what influenced modern authors and here's what modern authors were kind of drawing from and what they steered away from and things like that so i would say it's a a really good pick for someone who's read lots of fantasy, modern fantasy, and is interested in it as just kind of a whole genre. And I would say it's absolutely a another tool in the tool belt that you should definitely have. But I would be, like you said, very hesitant to make it one of my immediate recommendations to people. That makes total sense, Charles. I, I think I'm... Well, I was happy while I was reading it and enjoying it. I'm happier to have read the book than yes. necessarily I was <laughs> to be reading the book or the series, I ought to say. It's uh it's it's different from what we have out there now and, and you know I I found myself craving some of that more modern fantasy stuff, especially dialogue. I wanted a little more modern feeling dialogue and prose. Sure. And I, that's how I jumped over yeah. to simultaneously reading the Poppy War, which yeah. is... Yeah, and I mean, we <laughs> could tell, right? We were, we were, we, we recorded uh, Fellowship of the Ring, and you were like, yeah, it's good. I kind of liked all these things. And then by the time we got to um, Return of the King, you were like, you know, I've already started reading Poppy War. It's like really good. <laughs> we should maybe like change, change now. Like I it was like, okay, well, like he said he liked it. He said it was good, but I can get that. It's like, okay, I'm like, we need to get back to get back to the modern stuff and i can appreciate that there's a lot about lord of the rings when you think about it it was published in the 50s it's like it's just a totally different style of writing for a totally different audience and like you said the dialogue is very almost like fairy tale like and and not really embedded in the human condition too much then you have all the like 
poetry and the descriptions and the world building and the like side characters that don't move the plot along and you know all these things that a modern reader would be kind of almost worn out by we're so used to action all the time and and getting introspectives on characters like psychologies like why do they feel this way and lord of the rings doesn't go too far into that it's much more like the big scale almost fairy tale like um scope of storytelling which is amazing in its own right but it's something that i'd be hesitant to recommend to someone where reading is like you know i don't read that many books and i'm trying to get into fantasy and it's kind of just like something i want to try it's like this is asking a lot of someone to just dive right into like tom bombadil singing about the forest <laughs> and the trees and nature and it's like okay well, that's a little far like let's see if you like fantasy first and get curious about it and then we'll start talking about the classics which is like kind of like what well, how, how have you lord of the rings for sure i saw it as more of a, a monkey i had to get off my back <laughs> that i was someone who was now a fantasy podcaster and had not read Lord of the Rings. And I felt like I, I should have that experience to draw from. And I'm glad I now do. And there's there's definitely things about the Lord of the Rings books that you get, which you don't get in the movie. So I do think it adds something extra mm -hmm. I, I don't think i'm alone in that feeling <laughs> um but things like you know we made that tragedy of boromir episode because we both like boromir's portrayal in the books a lot more than we liked his i mean we thought sean bean did an awesome job but incredible uh, then yeah uh, then the way the character was written in the in the movies with and even in the books too, screen time. you know that getting that perspective well, yeah, I'm saying that we we like the way he was written more in the books than we like for sure in the movies, yeah. uh, despite Sean Bean's awesome portrayal of him. And so there's that's scenes that where there's mind. like monsters that come up, and you actually get to learn more about mm -hmm. them. So, like when they're encountered, the stakes are a lot higher than maybe you would see in the movies when the monster just appears, and you're like, "That was just a monster that's here and is gone." It's like <laughs> Tolkien, rest assured, has a whole backstory for that monster that would enhance your appreciation of the stakes in that moment. So things like that, which I think is a symptom of any time, like books versus movies, for the most part, people would say that you know that's just a case of when you make movies, you don't get that same experience. For sure, the the Shelob stuff definitely comes to mind around that, that you get a lot more of what's right. going on while in the movies. It's Trying like, to keep it spoiler-free, so tread lightly. <laughs> is mentioning No, Shelob it's not, but a, I, don't, I, was, okay. I wasn't sure what you... Because I purposely didn't say Shelob because I didn't want to bring it there, but there's no spoilers. It's just like... <laughs> there's a... There's something called Shelob in Lord of the Rings. Sorry for the spoiler, y'all. I'm not too worried um, about spoiling Lord of the Rings, but you know, we did if I'm gonna say spoiler free. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I think mentioning Shelob is I'm gonna stand. That's by who that I one. was thinking of though. That's exactly who I was referring to um when I was yeah, continued, but we're on the same page here. Okay. So I think you get a lot more detail about those kind of things and I think just you asked earlier, Charles, who would you recommend this to? Mm. And I think the the only thing I've really established as an answer to that is fantasy podcasters who feel guilty. <laughs> um, so if you're not in that ridiculously <laughs> niche group of people that I was in, 
<laughs> then I think if you're really into world building, I mean, then <laughs> this is a, this is a layup of a recommendation for you. And then there's a whole lot of other stuff that Tolkien has written, like the Silmarillion and all those legendarium stuff that mm-hmm. you could recommend to people who are just huge into world building. It is hard to imagine a person who's like, I'm huge into world building. Haven't read that Lord of the Rings yeah. stuff yet, though. But if that you're in that camp. It happens, man. I mean, especially for today. Sure. Um, you mentioned movie fans as well, for sure, would be welcomed here. Um, I think having read the movies, I mean, having read the movies, having watched the movies would, would help you um, follow along with the books for sure. And I just think it's interesting to see the um, creative changes that they make between uh, book and movie. Like those, whoever did the editing or the screenplay for the movies did an absolutely phenomenal job. <laughs> like really incredible. But uh, the books in their own right. Uh, I mean, I've always, like I read the books when I was young and I, and I loved them. It, for me, it's this sense of epic adventure. Um, so... It, I don't know, man. It, it just for me, the stakes are so high, and the and the and the scenes that happen are almost poetic, and and how they they play out. You know, every character arc is so dramatic and so epic, and that to me is what has always drawn me to the books. So I would definitely recommend it to someone that's looking to put a little work into reading something that I would consider more of like a classic. But you know, it, it's definitely worthwhile experience. The books aren't that long. I would say the first book is the the beginning of the first book is maybe the slowest part and you have to get like a hundred pages in before it really gets going but um that's always kind of the caveat that i have when i recommend it to people I'm like you should read it and trust me it gets there you just have to read the first hundred pages and then it will then you then it will take off and that's um always kind of the caveat i put on it but um yeah, yeah I, I just love these books and and i would strongly recommend anyone curious about them as well to to pick them up it's a worthwhile experience for sure that makes sense charles and as you're describing that it it makes me think about another another per kind of person or i guess attitude a person could have that would make sense to recommend this book to and it could be someone who's well read in fantasy but hasn't read the lord of the rings who feels as though a lot of the wonder has been taken out of a fantasy in the yes. way that a lot of this modern more grim well dark said. stuff yes. has portrayed fantasy uh, or even not not even grim dark exclusively but even things like all these hard magic systems, there's some people who get into fantasy for more of this idea that magic is this ineffable, oh, mysterious, cryptic thing. That that idea is something that's very appealing to a lot of people about fantasy, and they lean toward that more soft magic system. And in Lord of the Rings, the world is just so full of wonder in a way that it feels like a lot of these later works tend to purposefully subvert and try right. to make the world not particularly full of wonder. And in some, I <laughs> I think I actually tend to enjoy that a little more for whatever reason, but mm. th- there's no reason why that would be a better way in an objective sense. It's all subjective taste. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's an excellent point. I feel like a lot of modern a lot of modern fantasy authors are like, I can't do anything like 
that would parallel the Lord of the Rings, or if I do, I have to subvert it in some way because you know authors are trying to find their own voice and do their own thing and and Lord of the Rings is such a classic work that it is permeated throughout like all of the modern world like everyone pretty much is familiar with the story in some way that would be reading fantasy books so uh authors tend to steer away from that kind of stuff so what you have is like you said a lot of like Game of Thrones kind of stuff where it's kind of nihilistic at times um, you know, things like betrayal and, and, and murders and just people being horrible people and things like that, which we love because it's so a lot of the great authors that do that do it from an, in an honest way that is mimics the human condition so perfectly. But sometimes you read a lot of those and you're like, this is bumming me out, man. I, I need to, <laughs> I need to get away from this, but I still want to read fantasy in a book like um Lord of the Rings, like you said, wonder is such a huge part of it, and it's almost like going back to form. You know, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a good cleanse after reading tons of just people being horrible to each other. It's like ah, this is nice. Where um, the bad people are like t- really obviously evil and bad, and everyone else is obviously really good, and so you so it's like a, a very clear distinction. It's like ah, a little good versus evil. You know, good old classic. Um, evil demon versus um, virtuous to good people. You, you can't go wrong with that. I, I agree, Charles. I feel like... I feel like there is a lot that I, I would like to see some newer authors try to grab from that just uncynical willingness to be portraying things as epic and is i don't want to say wonderful uh but it is wondrous is wondrous a word Uh, i'm happy with wonderful (laughs) honestly (laughs) um yeah to i think that but wondrous is also wondrous i'd like yeah i'd like to i'd like to see some modern fantasy takes on this really high fantasy setting. And I think in some ways, maybe the genre will start going that way at some point. It feels like when I was reading Lord of the Rings, I, as someone who's read so much of the modern stuff, it it almost read like a subversion of the things (laughs) I'd read before, though, of course, the directionality was (laughs) in in reality the opposite way right? right like the stuff i'm reading now is subverting the lord of the rings stuff but it's so different the way that lord of the rings i mean i don't think it's a spoiler to just vaguely say that you get a very real denouement in the lord of the rings uh, series right you get to have time uh with the end of it and you also get to have a lot of time with the beginning of it and all this taking your time instead of the start late and early approach that a lot of the modern fantasy uh, work tends to take i was like oh wow this this book is uh still going and things like that <laughs> right no and that's so true because we we kept doing this constantly. It was like, oh, it's interesting how Tolkien chose to do this differently from the movies or did differently from George Martin or from anyone else. But it's like, 
it almost feels like it's, uh, like you said, a subversion of the modern stuff, even though it's the other way around. And you mentioned how you would like to see more um, modern series take on that, like, almost a neoclassic revival uh, of the sense of epicness and and wonder. And who knows, maybe uh, our next friend's pitching fantasy, good old uh, Wheel of Time, might pop up. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Just> fair. <laughs> and I, I mean, I was... I was just thinking about this. I feel like if we're talking monkeys on the back, Wheel of Time <laughs> is the last big monkey on my back. And it's not a coincidence that the two... And the, the two back s- end of Malazan. <laughs> the back end, yeah. But at least I can say that I've read the first three books of Malazan, which includes the one that most people say is, is the best one. So I feel, though, I'm missing out on a lot of what happens later in that series... I can talk a little bit about a Malazan experience. I can't talk about a Wheel of Time experience. Right. And uh, to to bring this back to the point of this episode, it's nice to be able to now be a part of the conversation of the Lord of the Rings book experience because that's such a huge part of what this community of fantasy readers and... Uh, <laughs> I guess, authors and all this kind of stuff uh, are drawing from. Like, it's almost like the Tolkien's work gets held up as kind of this comparison point. Everything is juxtaposed against Lord of the Rings to some extent. Exactly. And it's nice to know what things people are still doing that Tolkien brought in and what things have now been moved away from and to speculate on, okay, what stuff what might we start to uh, bring back in? Absolutely. And just from an academic point of view, it's interesting to see the progression from how did we get from something like Lord of the Rings to something like Wheel of Time to something like Mistborn Game of Thrones, King Killer Chronicles, you know, it's like, it's interesting to see that progression in the fan fandom of, of fantasy. And it all, for us, in the terms of modern fantasy, we, I kind of consider Lord of the Rings as like the start, like the, the, the gold standard on which you see how did people do something differently, better or worse than what they did, like subverting the tropes or embracing the tropes or things like that. It all kind of, from my perspective, comes from how do we take that inspiration and, and, and carve our own voice. So in that perspective, it's, uh, it's a must read for sure. Well said, Charles. Well, should you read Lord of the Rings? Um, yes, probably. Uh, to, to summarize that, um, I would say be prepared it, for huge blocks of like literally you'd turn a page and it would be a paragraph that fills up the whole page and it's all descriptive language. So be prepared for that. That's either like Dylan says, a uh, what is it, a bug or a, or a feature? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. that's either a bug or a feature, depending <laughs> on if you're a descriptive guy, is a world building guy, flowery language guy or not. And uh, be prepared for random poetry popping out of nowhere that has n- seemingly nothing to do with the <laughs> plot um, that will pop up literally anywhere it's by not, anyone. It's not always just seemingly. Yeah. <laughs> Be prepared <laughs> for um, characters that pop up and moments that happen that don't progress the plot, but just revel in the world. And you have to decide if that's something you 
will embrace or just will have to get through. I feel like everyone that reads Lord of the Rings in the modern age will have a part that they just have to read through and then other parts that they can enjoy and appreciate. So um, should you read it? Yes, probably. Should it be your introduction to fantasy in this day and age? I wouldn't recommend it. You know, dip your toes and see if you like it and then go back and and get that respect for the genre. <laughs> <laughs> I I totally hear where I totally hear and agree with uh, where you're coming from, Charles. And I I think if I were to pull one of these, should you read Lord of the Rings uh, type <laughs> things at the end to wrap it back all up? I think my answer is yes, and be thoughtful about when and why you're going into it because yes. I think I went into it at the right time for me and i don't know if i if we talked some in our welcome episode about our gateway fantasy stuff and lord of the rings was your main gateway here Mm -hmm. was not mine and i have this feeling that if it was i don't know if i would be as big a fantasy fan as i am now where my gateway was more in the game of thrones and then actually jumping into robert vs reddick's chathern void series which <laughs> which yeah deserves more respect <laughs> i think yeah. um uh, and then yeah moving toward some other more modern stuff that got me really interested and if i was like oh i like fantasy now i guess i should read lord of the rings Am I doing a fancy podcast with you right now, Charles? I, I don't think so. So just be thoughtful about when and why. But it's, of course, worth the read. It's and, worth the and you mentioned something really great that I wanted to reiterate was to go in with almost like this sense of perspective of being like, it's not like I'm picking up the most recent release of an of a modern fantasy author. I'm going back and I'm reading Lord of the Rings. So when you go in to have that state of mind, like this is an older book, this is a classic work, this is an influential work. And so when you read through it, just keep that perspective as well, I think is a great point to make, especially for someone who loves modern fantasy and is just like getting through these classic works, um, especially should should keep that frame, that reference in their minds. Well said, Charles. All right. Well, that's our uh, quick little talk, our Hobbit-sized episode on should you read The Lord of the Rings? Do we need to bring up any more points before we get that sweet, sweet outro music going? (laughs) Play that sweet, sweet outro music, Charles. All right. Here it comes. Thank you, everybody, for listening to yet another exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. And you know what, Dylan? If we got one person to lead to read Lord of the Rings as the result of this episode, it was all worth it. I agree. <laughs> Even if we got one person to, to listen to the, it, it would yeah. be worth it at this point. <laughs> well, I feel... I feel pretty good we'll get the latter. I don't know about the former. <laughs> but uh, or if we get anyone to read the Poppy War. <laughs> Do not plug Poppy War in my Lord of the Rings episode, Dylan. <laughs> the Poppy War by RF Kwong, fantastic modern fantasy. It is fantastic modern fantasy, but you know what? Let's put some respect on the name of Tolkien right now and uh 
this end end on that. Uh, be sure to, if you enjoy the show and if you're interested in Lord of the Rings or Poppy War, reach out to us on social media. We're the FTF Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And we're the FTF Podcast with the number one at the end for Twitter. Or send us an email at theftfpodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it, Charles. Nailed it. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends. <laughs>